I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Hey there, it's Michelle here. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? I totally get how exhausting that can be. As a nervous system expert, I want to teach you how when our nervous system isn't functioning properly, it shows up for us mentally, emotionally, and physically. Are you always tired? Do you really have trouble concentrating? Maybe you find that you're just perpetually busy and you can tend to be a bit of a workaholic. Yep, those are signs of dysregulation. Do you often feel edgy or irritable? Or maybe you struggle with people-pleasing or low self-confidence. Those are signs of dysregulation too. How about in your body? Have you struggled with IBS or, or gut issues? Maybe you struggle with insomnia or you have migraines or You feel like you're always sick. These are all telltale signs of a dysregulated nervous system. So if any of this sounds familiar, you've got to register now for my free live virtual workshop, the Mom Brain Masterclass. I'm hosting it on May 3rd at 12 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to teach you all that it takes to rewire that mom brain of yours so you can have practical tools and understanding for everything we just talked about anxiety, overwhelm, burnout, all the things so that you can really be that calm, centered presence in your home and at work. And don't worry if you can't make it to the live event, just be sure to register today and I'll record it for you and I'll send it out to you via email afterward so you don't miss out. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. 
I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. What's up, you guys? Michelle here, your master coach. Welcome to the Calm Mom podcast. I know there are so many things competing for your time and your energy and your focus. So really grateful you've chosen to spend some time with me today. If you haven't yet, would you mind just taking a second to leave a five-star rating for the podcast and maybe even a short review, um, just telling me what you've loved so far, maybe something you've learned, just so that other moms like you can help find the podcast. Maybe you could even share this episode with one of your mom friends. Um, I'm believing that that might encourage her and she might learn something and it would be a win-win. So thanks so much. Today, we're going to talk about how the things that we consume into our body, around ourselves, um, things that we consume, how they can cause our nervous system to become dysregulated. And I think a lot of these are probably things that we're not even aware of the impact that they have on our nervous system. So we're going to talk about some habits, some habits of discernment, really, that we can just avoid uh, what what. We can avoid them because they're harmful to our nervous system. And what they do, these things do, is that they actively throw our nervous system out of balance, right? So these are just decisions that we can make for ourselves about what we're consuming that will increase our nervous system balance. All of that is so good. Okay, so the first thing, we're going to fly through these. There's three of them. Uh, The first thing is to avoid eating late. Avoid eating late. I live in Miami. When I first moved down here, I was in awe of how late South Americans eat. There's a lot of South Americans here. Like I was working in bars and restaurants all throughout law school. And I just couldn't believe as someone who grew up in the sticks of Northern Maine, that there are people who bring their little children out and just have like big 20 tops of dinner at 11 p.m. Like that's just a normal thing. Um, that was, <laughs> I don't know why that was like so shocking to me. I guess maybe it's because I'm a morning person and I go to bed super early. So I've already been sleeping for hours by then, but, um, it's just not good for your body. It's not good for your body because eating too close to bed leads to your body actually diverting significant energy and focus towards digestion that would otherwise be used for recovery and repair while we sleep. So the things that our body is actually supposed to be doing in a state of sleep, it's not able to do because it is focusing so much energy on digesting that big meal that you just had, right? That's why often after we eat late, we eat and then we go right to bed. That's often why we either don't sleep well or we wake up feeling super groggy the next day because our body hasn't been able to focus on rest, recovery, and repair because all of our resources, not all of them, many of our resources have been used to digest that big meal that we ate. So for best results, I like to recommend that you guys eat your last meal about three hours before bedtime. Um, So depending on what time you go to bed, you guys can do the math. I try to eat between 
six and seven. I usually go to bed between nine and 10. Um, so that seems to work for me. And I do notice it on nights when the girls have dance or for whatever reason, maybe we're going out to dinner or we're having, you know, a dinner party, we're hosting people or something and we end up eating later. Like if we eat at eight or nine, I just notice that I don't sleep well. I just feel kind of gross. Um, I can even wake up in the night with heartburn or indigestion um, or I feel I just feel like crap the next day. And I know it's because I didn't sleep well because I ate way too close to bedtime. So just something to keep in mind. The second is avoiding alcohol or limiting alcohol and other stimulants like caffeine. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. I'm sorry to be sharing this with you guys. You can take it or leave it. Um, but it's true. Alcohol, stimulants like caffeine, they really increase the allostatic load of the body. And what's the allostatic load? It's just basically the threshold of stress that you're carrying in your nervous system. I know for me, before I really had an understanding of how my nervous system worked, I had this idea that I do not think I came up with on my own. I believe that culture and, you know, just society is feeding us this. But I thought that I actually would sleep better if I had a glass of wine before bed. And I remember there was a period of years where my husband was working in restaurants and he would obviously be gone late. So I'd put the girls to bed and I'm like, oh, if I want to get a good night's rest tonight, I'm going to like snuggle up, watch a show and have a couple glasses of red wine. And that's going to help me sleep. And it did not help me sleep. Um, but what I learned when I stopped doing that or what I saw when I stopped doing that is that I actually, it took a while for my body to adjust, to be honest with you guys. But then after a few weeks, I'm like, holy moly, I'm sleeping so much better if I don't drink red wine before I go to bed. Um, so I like to have a margarita once in a while. I make a killer margarita. I put mezcal in it. Um, I do this, you know, spice rim around the top. I have one of those probably a few times a week, but I have it while I'm making dinner. So I usually have it around like 5, 6 p.m. I have one. I really enjoy it. And then after that, even with my dinner, definitely after dinner, I really, really limit my alcohol intake because I noticed it has a huge impact on my the state of my nervous system and um, how I'm sleeping. And then the same thing with caffeine, you guys, just, you know, your bodies, <laughs> just be, just be smart with it. For me, I do have coffee in the morning, um, but I know my body, I'm quite sensitive to caffeine. So if I have a coffee past noon, it, it affects how I sleep. For me, it does. Um, maybe for you, it doesn't. Caffeine is also highly acidic. So if you have it first thing in the morning without having anything in your body, it can really wreak havoc. So I would encourage you that if you are going to have coffee in the morning, keep it to a morning thing, keep it to a cup, a cup or so, and then try to either have a meal with that coffee. So it's not the first thing you're putting into your stomach in the morning or make it one of those bulletproof coffees where you add in you know, butter or coconut oil or whatever it is that you're adding into your coffee to act as kind of a buffer so that it's not just destroying the lining of your gut, right? So these are just things to keep in mind. I mean, we all know that alcohol, caffeine, other substances, it really impairs our body's ability to heal, to repair itself. Um, we've noticed objectively that when people are imbibing or when they are 
you know, there, there is caffeine in your body. There's reduced heart rate variability, um, decreased overall energy levels. So it doesn't mean that alcohol and substances, caffeine need to be eliminated completely. But if you guys are noticing that it has an effect on your body, really just be aware of it. Pay attention. Maybe just start there. Like pay attention for a couple of weeks. Like, wow, what happens if, you know, I do this or what happens if I don't do this? How does my body actually feel? What do I seem to be noticing? And then really like most things, it's just a simple uh, adjustment to moderation, right? Moderation and balance. So just awareness of how it affects your body and then making sure that you're being moderate in your intake. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns, and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. And then the last one is what is our consumption of online content and online stress and how that affects our nervous system. And the thing with online content, stressful content on social media or wherever you're consuming um, stressful content online, it's just so nervous. This is so interesting. It's that our nervous system actually doesn't fully distinguish between online content stress and offline stress. So your nervous system perceives stress, but it doesn't actually know that it's in this fictional online world or it's actually happening offline in real life to you, right? It's the reason why you can go to a horror movie and still find that your heart's racing or your breathing changes or you get sweaty palms or whatever, right? Like your nervous system can't fully distinguish. So As a result, when we consume online content, we're still very much susceptible to emotional contagion, social fatigue. Uh, The nervous system is just automatically absorbing stressful and activating information. And it ain't good. Ain't nobody got time for that, you guys. So several options. You know, take a break. Take a break from social media. Filter your content. You guys can actually go through what you're following and unfollow all of the accounts, all of the people that raise your stress level. You can do that, right? You can start following a bunch of positive stuff, a bunch of uplifting stuff, a bunch of um, stuff that makes you feel balanced and just so much better, healthier. 
I know for me, I was noticing that I was following these are like accounts I'd followed, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, but so many accounts of just like fake, like fake health and fitness people, fake beauty people, like all of these standards that were just so toxic to my mental and emotional health, just unrealistic. It's not even what I was wanting for myself, but just constantly seeing like all of these Barbie doll bodies and Barbie doll faces. I was just like, nah, nah, this isn't good for me. I'm not doing this. So what did I start doing? I filtered it out. I stopped following all that crap and I started following women in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are so beautiful, aging so gracefully, so wise. We're not covered head to toe in plastic surgery that I could tell, you know, Um, because that's inspiring to me. And I found that it really helped my online stress levels. It really helped my confidence. It really helped to shape my perspective because I wasn't constantly being fed with garbage, really. So just be really discerning about that. If you find that you tend to feel kind of icky, gross after you've been scrolling online, Um, if you notice you start to feel anxious after scrolling online or you don't feel good about yourself after scrolling on social media, like take a break and then just start to filter some of that stuff out and start to follow maybe pages that bring you a little more joy and relaxation. Um, And the other thing I want to say on this note also is that we can avoid not only online, but also in real life, people (laughs) who bring us stress, right? Like that is also a form of stress that we consume that dysregulates our nervous system because our social nervous system, guys, that is like an involuntary sponge. So whether you like it or not, whether you even notice it or not, we are absorbing the emotions of those around us, right? And that is especially true when it comes to negative emotions like anxiety or stress or fear, all the things we we want less of, right? And what happens is that when we continue to surround ourselves with people who make us feel anxious, stressed, fearful, just like the negative, the negative Nancy's in our life, that leads to social fatigue. And that, that social fatigue is really a state of exhaustion. It's a state of burnout that's caused by exposure to too much, too much social interaction. So just keep that in mind too, because I think that can be um, just a good reminder that we can limit not only our, our online stress and the content we assume, we consume online, but we can also limit and be discerning about, you know, the people we spend time around um, because we also absorb those emotions and it can have a significant impact on our nervous systems. So that's what I've got for you guys today. I think it's important to be aware of these things. And then, you know, we're all adults. We just make decisions that have that seem to have an impact for our bodies and our nervous systems for the better so that we can really take care of ourselves we can make sure we're getting the rest that we need because all those things lead to a healthy and balanced nervous system which leads to a resilient nervous system which means that we can handle and regulate whatever comes at us that's the goal all right guys thanks so much for today really appreciate you in your corner always i will see you again same place same time See you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. 
And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.